one for the Red Sox. And quite frankly, let's just acknowledge this. That was an absolutely and utterly, before we get into more of the specifics tonight, because I hated the decision that Cora made to keep Crawford in that game after what we found out, that he didn't have it anymore in the seventh inning. After he gives up the hit to Aranda, he's got to come out of the game. The velocity's down. So I didn't like that. I don't know what Verdugo's doing on that ball. I don't know if he thinks it's a home run. He's got to run. I don't know what's going on there. The Vasquez at bat, come on, man. You got a 2-0 fastball, middle-middle, do something with it. Vasquez has been one of the best hitters on this team this season. I never thought I would say that. You got to do something there. Same thing. 2-0 fastball, Ploiecki, do something with it. And then you, and Grady walks. Congratulations. Dahlback, down on strikes. I mean, that game was infuriating. You felt like the Red Sox were cruising to a victory, but the whole series has been this way. Think about the game you lose that Sale is pitching. You should have won that game. And you screw it up. Verdugo's getting backpicked. How does that crap happen? Strom's throwing the ball away. Franchi Cordero's throwing the ball away. This crap cannot continue to happen. Like, they need to do stuff at the deadline. We all acknowledge that. They clearly need to make moves at the deadline. But these mistakes are just so damn infuriating. Even last night, you probably lose that game anyway because McClanahan's on the mound. But you have another boneheaded move, or a play rather, when Ref Snyder just skips the ball in. What the hell is that? What is that? It makes it a 4-1 game instead of keeping it 3-1. And as I acknowledge, maybe you lose that game anyway, but it's just sloppy baseball that cannot continue to happen. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Rick. He's in New Hampshire. Hey, Rick. Hey, how you doing, Brian? Good. Hey, I got some questions. Uh, definitely, you know, uh, we we both agreed about Schwab, that was a big, big mistake, but I think... Uh, they definitely need a first baseman. Uh, you got C.J. Crone and Jason Bell, but if they're afraid of giving up too much for those two guys because they need a reliever, how come they won't go after a guy like Mitch Moreland, cost him nothing, Gold Glover? I know he's been sitting out, but he said he'd welcome the chance to come back, and he was blown away that no one would give him a shot while Tristan Cassis gets ready. I mean, you're giving up nothing. Then you go all in on a Daniel Bard or a Bednar or somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I just don't know why, Rick, you can't do both. If you're the Boston Red Sox, it's not like this whole idea of trading. For example, Josh Bell, he's in the final year of his contract. It's not going to cost you some premium prospect in your organization. And this is where, Rick, I look at what Dave Dombrowski did, and he always had an ability to identify the right guys in the farm system to trade, right? Like, for example, I look at who was on the mound tonight in the ninth inning, Jalen Beeks. He traded Jalen Beeks at the 18 deadline for Nathan Avaldi. I look at Steve Pierce, who ended up being the World Series MVP, and that's not a guy that's like this unbelievable player, but you gave up Santiago Espinal. He's a major league player. He's nothing great, but Steve Pierce, you needed him because you needed somebody that could hit left-handed pitching to be a compliment to Mitch Moreland, who hit right-handed pitching. You needed that, right? So Dave Dombrowski did a really good job at realizing what the needs were at the major league level and saying, hey, these are the prospects I'm willing to give up and making the proper deals. With Heim Bloom, I just wonder if he's actually going to be able to do that because Josh Bell is an expiring contract with Washington. He's a free agent after the season. You should be able to pick out a guy in your farm system where you say, okay, he's probably never making it because a lot of these guys never make it and say, okay, if I'm going to part with one of these guys, it's going to be this guy and I bring in Josh Bell. It shouldn't be too difficult to do and it shouldn't be that big of an ask because, Rick, this is the other thing I would say real quickly is it's embarrassing and Bloom should be embarrassed at his first base situation. 
It's one of the worst first base situations, if not the worst, in all of Major League Baseball. And you're the Boston Red Sox. You were two wins away from a World Series, and your first base position is horrible defensively and absolutely atrocious offensively. I, I believe you're right, but I also believe uh, Dombrowski had the cachet. I don't think Kyle Bloom has the cachet. I think he's more or less a puppet, okay? And I do believe that his ego gets in the way because I think he thinks he's the next Moneyball candidate. I, I agree. But believe me, they're going to they're gonna look for his head, man. If he screws this up and lose, uh, loses a shortstop and then you, you, you lose a third baseman, he's done. He, they'll, they'll, they'll ride him out of town. I agree with you on the most sense, Rick, and I also I look at it from this perspective as well. If you think about what's going on right now, and I'm not even talking about what's going on in terms of the future of Bogarts and the future of Devers, if this guy doesn't give them a legitimate first baseman and give them a legitimate reliever at the deadline, if I was Bloom, I wouldn't show up in the clubhouse. I wouldn't travel with the team anymore. I wouldn't be around this team because there is going to be a mutiny on your hands. If you just yeah, have, if you just, if you don't make, yes, there is going to be a revolt. And I'll tell you another thing, Rick, he's playing with fire as it pertains to the manager, because if I'm the manager right now, I'm pissed off too. This is one of the best tactical managers in the damn sport. If you don't give him the proper guys, you know, and I didn't mean to yell at you, Rick, I'm sorry for that. Oh, but my, fine. my overwhelming point is if you don't do something for the manager, this is the best, arguably the best manager in the game. One of the best managers in the game. What do you think he's going to think if you don't do anything at the deadline? You think he's going to want to stick around and work for Heim Bloom, Moneyball Bloom? I don't think he's going to want to do it. No, and I think he's already came out and said some things about, like, with his kids getting older at some point, yep. he's not going to be a manager. And it's starting to, he's starting to let things out before he kept things under wrap. You know, and you're starting to see it. And I think you see he's frustrated. And, you know, people are blaming him, but there's nothing he can do. He doesn't have the bullets in the gun. Yeah, and it, it, I felt like, and Rick, it's a really good point. I appreciate the call, my friend. He said that a couple of weeks ago on with Merloni, Fourier, and Mago, that he's not managing forever. He's not going to be Tony La Russa. He's not going to be Tito. At some point, he'd like to run a front office. Right now, what I felt like happened yesterday, when he comes on the station, he talks about the last dance. He talks about J.D. telling the guys to keep grinding. He references they need help on defense. He, he didn't say the word help, but he said, we need to get better defensively. Who do you think that's a shot at? That's a shot at the first base defense. He's not taking a shot at Bobby or Franchi Cordero. He's taking a shot at Bloom. He knows that Franchi's not a first baseman. He knows that Bobby Dahlback's not a major league player. But that's where he's at right now. And the fact that we as fans of the Boston Red Sox are wondering if that guy is going to get a first baseman is an absolute joke. If Dave Dombrowski was here, and look, Dave Dombrowski had his faults. He never gutted the farm system, by the way. That's a complete misconception. He did not do that. If you say that, that is a lazy-ass take. He did not do that. Now, you could argue, did he build up the farm system? Maybe not, but he did get Bayo. He's the number one pitching prospect in the organization. But who did he get rid of? For, K, uh, for Craig Kimbrell, the biggest guy, Manuel Margot, Steve Pierce, Santiago Espinal, Chris Sale, Michael Kopik, and Yohan Mankata. Mankata sucks. He absolutely blows. And you know what Dombrowski said? You're not having Devers. He walked away. He said, we are not putting Devers in this deal. So Dombrowski was really good at identifying the guys to trade because you trade that. You trade Kopik and Mankata. 10 times again for Chris Sale. Stop it. Everybody would do that. So this whole idea that Dombrowski gutted the farm system, if anybody actually tells you that, tell them they're lazy because that is a dumbass, lazy-ass take. It's a misconception. And by the way, ownership threw his ass under the bus. Now, it was fine. They want to rebuild with Bloom. He can build up the farm system. I get all that. 
And he has done a nice job with that. I can acknowledge that he's done some nice things here. I would tell you, Bloom is decent at the job. He just, I don't know what he's doing at the major league level. That's the thing that's perplexing to me. But remember, the reason Chris Sale got the extension was because of the fact that they screwed up the Lester deal. Ownership did. Chris Sale has said that he should thank John Lester for the contract, okay? And then Dave Dombrowski takes the bullet for that. I mean, come on. It's a joke. Let's get to Tyler and Concord. What's up, Tyler? How you doing? Uh, I just wanted uh, your guys' uh, quick opinion on Verduga. You know, like uh, when, he play, when he was playing the Yankees, those last two games for him were amazing. And then now he gets picked off at third last night and then tonight, you know, all of these things. Like, what's going on with him? I don't know, Tyler. It, he did have the big hit, but I don't know. Did it appear that he was, like, jogging? That's what I, I think he thought he hit a home run, right? Yeah, it almost seems like he's, like, after those two games that he had, he's, like, being too cocky now. Oh, like he's I high in his own supply. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. interesting. I didn't even think of that. Now, he's a very cocky guy to begin with, Tyler, so I don't think anything's changed with him. He's always been like that way. He's brash. Yeah, I love Verduga, man, but, like, I mean, he's got to... Yeah, that, I mean, that that crap, Tyler, that happened the other night, he gets picked off at third. That crap can't happen. Bottom line, it cannot yeah. happen. It should not happen. He was asleep at the wheel. And then tonight, I don't know what the explanation is. Now, like I said, if he's hurt because he looked bad going after a fly ball as well. So if he's hurt, that's a totally different situation. We know guys are dealing with things. It's totally different. But I don't know what the hell he was doing. I don't know why he wasn't running out of the box. I think he was pimping it like he thought he had a home run. Exactly. So yeah, he's just. I think he's. You know, those like he's going one for four and one for three with these like one one or two big hits, and then he's like being way too cocky. I just think he needs to like step back a little bit and just look. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Good stuff, man. I appreciate the call. Have a good one. You too, bro. Yeah. Let's get uh, Rich and Beverly. Hey, Rich. What's going on, brother? What's I want up? To switch it up a not much, not too much. Just had a baby girl over at Beverly Hospital. Oh, hey, night. congratulations, man. Th- thank you, my brother. Little Irish, little Irish queen. <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> anyway, so Jason, Congrats. Brother, thank you, brother. On that. No, we know we need bullpen help, but we could know we could use a first baseman or right field. But I want to go to totally something different with this Red Sox team. Okay. This is just me, and I've been watching them for many, many years. You know why you actually grew up there? John Tudor. You remember John? I don't remember him. Yeah, yeah, he used to pitch for the Pirates and the Dodgers and the Cardinals. On them. You, you grew up next to him? Yeah, right out down. He's about five houses down over in Peabody. I'm, I'm oh, wow, Peabody I'm from kid, Peabody, too. I'm right from now. Peabody, too. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I was grew up over there at Centennial Park. You know where Centennial Park is, obviously, off Forest Street. Yep, yep, I know exactly oh, where right. it is. I lived off Lynn Street, yeah, Rich. Over, <laughs> all right, my boy. Go to, you go to land and see ever? Yeah, back in the, <laughs> when I was a kid, I lived there, man. Come on, every summer day. <laughs> all right. All right, you know that. I love their clam rod. They're good anyways. But anyways, listen, brother. This is just I, this is how I feel. It's frustrating. I don't think they're getting enough from Xander Bogats and J.D. Martinez. They got 60-something RBIs between them. Yeah, it's a concern, Rich. They don't hit for any power yeah, now. Brother, that's, like, that's your meat and potatoes, brother. That's the yep. middle of your lineup. Yep. I don't care. Verdugo and them have done their part. He might have had a bonehead play the other night. But Verdugo's got some big hits for this team. I think he's got more hits. I really believe this in my heart. And going back to the playoffs, he's got more big hits than Xander Bogarts. He definitely he does. That, that's thing. without question, especially yeah. this year. Think about it, Rich. I mean, the big hits he had just this past weekend against the Yankees. How many big hits has Bogarts had this yeah, season? Yeah, I'm with you on that, Rich. Brother. And everybody gets on. Listen, Bogarts, I know. 
No, don't sign Bogots for, for more money. No, you don't. If you go back to his batting average in the last half of last season, it was two fifty. Well, just He's, think about I this, Rich. This. Think about this. Among three to four hitters, Xander Bogarts on the season has seven home runs. That's twenty eighth out of the. Sickening. That's sickening. Yeah, of the thirty eight three to four hitters that have had at least two hundred plate appearances, he he's not yeah, a middle of the order hitter anymore. And then, brother, thirty. Listen, thirty six RBIs. When he's had plenty of opportunities, think about who he's hitting in front of. Oh, and back of, I should say. Game against the Yankees. They had the second and third. They had the chance to set the tone when the game. Second and third. I think it was the first inning. No outs. He does nothing. Grounds to the infield end. I can't remember exactly what game it was, but it was recently. It's like you might not get up, feel my blood pressure. Just start the game. Already starting to climb. All right. Hey, there. Rich. This is just classic. Brother, you have a good night. All hey, right? Rich. Get back to your baby, man. Congrats. All right. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right, great stuff there from Rich. By the way, if you look at it too, 19 three to four hitters in the lineup have had at least 40 plate appearances with runners in scoring position since the start of June. Here are where Bogarts and JD rank in terms of RBIs. Bogarts is 15th at 12 RBIs. Remember, 19 guys, three to four hitters. JD is 16th at 11. Not good enough from you three and four hitters. Now, I think we saw some signs from Bogarts tonight because he has not hit, been hitting the ball loud, no loud contact. So you th- saw some signs tonight. But the bottom line is you need more production from your three to four hitters. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you all the way up until midnight. So I do want to get into the decision. If you want to weigh in on Cora's decision to let Crawford stay in that game in the seventh inning, that's on the table at 617-779-7937. Plus, some very interesting comments that David Ortiz made about Rafael Devers and also, do you believe that Bloom is actually going to get this team a first baseman? I can't believe I'm asking it, but I feel like I need to. We'll get to it next here on EEI. Crash and Keith, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now is brought to you by Nissan. You deserve a car that thrills you, and Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself. Shop your local Nissan store and NissanUSA.com. All right, well, the Sox fell to the race tonight, 5-4, to four, and they drop all four games in this series to the Tampa Bay Rays, who, by the way, did not have Wander Franco, and they didn't have Kevin Kiermaier. The Red Sox still swept in this series after the two wins over the Yankees that felt great. Now... They lose four in a row to Tampa, and they're now 2-8 and eight against the Tampa Bay Rays on the season. Cutter Crawford goes six innings. He gives up three earned, six strikeouts. He was really good in this game up until the seventh inning where he faded. And n- nothing against him. I mean, he was just tired at that point. He was great. He's been great for this team his last three outings. I'm not going to take any shots at Cutter Crawford. He was tremendous. Rafael Devers did homer in the loss, his 20th on the season. The Sox will now open up a three-game set with the Yankees in the Bronx on Friday night. Early start, 7.05 instead of 7.10. That first pitch comes your way on the Shaws and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network. Shaws and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. Tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 6.05. That's sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. Nate Valdi makes his return in that one. He's opposite Jordan Montgomery. Meanwhile, Josh Winkowski on the COVID list. We saw Darwinson Hernandez on the mound tonight in that ninth inning. He, of course, replaced Winkowski on the active roster. Free agent DeAndre Ayton signed a four-year, $133 million offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers, but Phoenix has already matched that, so sucks for Indiana. They apparently wanted Ayton. He's going back to Phoenix. 
Open Championship, Cameron Young, the leader after one round at eight under par. Rory McIlroy, two back. He's at six under par. Tiger Woods shot a six over 78. Not a good afternoon or good morning, I should say, for Tiger. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, and we are with you all the way up until midnight, 617-779-7937, the number. So a lot on the table if you do want to weigh in on the decision that Alex Cora made to leave Crawford in that game of the seventh inning. As I will reiterate throughout the night, my issue is not with bringing him back out for the seventh inning. My issue is with letting him face the second batter of the inning. There's no way that he should have faced Bethancourt. Now, I go back to the sixth inning. He stole at his fastball, 95-94. On the night, he was averaging 94.4 miles per hour. But once he got out there and he faced Aranda, 93.993. So the velocity dipped. And then you look at the next hitter, Bethancourt, 93.9. So the velocity was going down. There's no reason that you don't take him out of the game after you're in the situation where he gives up the hit to Aranda. Because it's not just, oh, he gave up a hit. That's why. No, the velocity's down. Something changed in the game. The velocity was down in the fastball. That's when you have to make the move if you're Alex Cora. That's the issue I had with Cora tonight. And I understand why he brought him back out for the seventh inning. The kid was absolutely rolling, and I get it. He had only faced three guys the third time through the order. But if you watched him in the sixth inning, you deserve to give that. or he Not that anybody deserves it, but I would have done the same thing. He felt good enough to keep going on, but once I would have seen the first batter, okay, let's go, you're out. The velocity's down. you got to make the adjustment there. And for some inexplicable reason, is usually good at the process stuff. I totally agree with the most of the decisions he makes. Tonight, I felt like that was a bad decision. He should have taken him out of the game. Let's get to Alex in Connecticut. What's up, Alex? How you doing, Brian? Good. You know, um, I mean, I can't even go over this game. I'm, I I don't understand, you know, why uh, not let him just uh, start the seventh inning, you know, with just one guy if we needed to. Uh, you know, he pitched a great game, but you know, we can go over the same problems. What it is, I do not personally right now. I really, I really feel that they're not going to do anything. They're not going to. If we get any kind of a relief uh, pitcher, it's going to be a, a you know, a Robles, sort of like a problem. Robles type, something like that. Yeah. He's not going to get a first baseman. I don't believe it. It's not going to happen. And I'm going to tell you what. Today I really realized because I did a lot of reading and, and you know if you get some free time over the weekend you should do what I did today because you 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 might realize a few things that I really didn't realize about John Henry. Okay. Because you know this this week I I saw that they had signed Salah in Liverpool so I decided to read about it. They gave him fifty five. Now he's one of the best soccer players in the world. He's still being underpaid. They gave him a three year contract with fifty five million pounds. They just lost their other really good player. It's like looking at Devers and Bogarts. So basically, their Bogarts left in June to go to Byron Munich. The fans were in the uproar. 
Twice they've tried to raise, they can't stand John Henry. Twice he tried to raise ticket prices on them, and they walked Alex, out. They literally got up and walked out. Uh, correct me if I'm John wrong. Didn't, Henry, he, didn't he, like, try to start his own league or something? Like, wasn't he trying yes. to, like, get the teams to yes. leave or something? Guys, I don't yes, follow that. The, I don't follow soccer as much, but I, I do remember uh, that being I'll, a story, I'll, right? I'll tell you what happened real quickly with that. It was a, it was a super league. He, was, he got together with, like, a few other guys in major clubs to get out of the premiership league. It's caused such an uproar. Yeah. 48 hours later, they booted it, and he made major apologies all over the media, <laughs> which he can't stand to do, by the way. <laughs> he had to apologize to the club countless times because of what they did. He also apologized to the club for trying to make another £2 million to make it up in ticket prices, to raise the price to £77 a ticket average. So the fans all got up thousands in the 77th minute of the game and walked out and said they wouldn't support <laughs> him. They won't support and they won't support him. It was only because of their coach, this guy, Jurgen, uh, you know, uh, the manager, Jurgen uh, Klopp, who's sensational. He's a great, great manager with his pressure on the group and of the fan base is why they think Salah finally got signing. Cause Salah said he wasn't going to sign. He was going to go to either like Barcelona or Real Madrid, so they got nervous about it, and they signed it. But he was very upset about it. He, he actually, John Henry created an analytical group a few years ago, and he installed it in Liverpool to apply the All techniques right. of Moneyball to his club. All right, so, so Alex, let me ask you this. Let me, let me ask you this. I get where you're going here. So what is your point that you think it's on John think, Henry, not uh, Bloom? I think John Henry's got Heimblum. Heimblum fits John Henry perfectly because he doesn't want to take the heat. He can't stand the media, and he can't stand the media, and he doesn't want to answer the questions. So he's got Heimblum. It all goes wrong. He just wants to have a Tampa Bay team. He wants a team that's competitive, that's going to put bodies in the seats, and they just can compete. If they get a championship, great. But otherwise, well, it's, he just wants to. You know, yeah, it's an interesting theory. So your theory, so Alex, basically the theory is that he wants a guy that sort of thinks the same way that he does, and he wants Heim to going back to his quote last week. He wants the under the radar guy, so he looks smarter than everybody else. That's how he wants to operate. Is that kind of like the point you're getting to? Kind of, and he wants to watch his dollars and cents, which is why he got rid of Dombrowski and he wanted Mookie Betts traded. He doesn't want to pay the big money, and he's got the perfect guy installed now to do that. He doesn't want to pay up. Yeah, he's not going to do it. And, Alex, I appreciate the call, my friend. And that comes back to the Schwarber thing. The reported offer, three for 39, when Schwarber got four for 79. I, and I've never understood that. Like, Kyle Bloom, he nailed that trade out of the park. He gave up the 18th prospect in the organization, Aldo Ramirez, for a guy that fit this lineup perfectly, the Red Sox don't walk anymore. When they got Schwarber, they were third in walk rate. Previous to Schwarber, they were 24th in walk rate. They're 23rd in walk rate right now. Not to mention the fact the guy's got 28 bombs. <laughs> That's why he's the number one seed in the home run derby. So you let that guy go. I've never understood why they didn't bring him back. And I do believe there is some sense of Bloom outsmarting himself. But I have to imagine as an executive of the Boston Red Sox, I don't know how if you're Heim Bloom, this crap doesn't embarrass you right now. That you don't have a legitimate everyday first baseman. I, I don't know how that doesn't irritate you. Let's get to Jim. He's in Quincy. Hey, Jim. Hey, hey, Brian. How you doing? What's up? Yeah, I, I you know, I heard you like I listened. You got you over the weekend. You were filling a lot. You you were saying uh, Cora coaches circles around these other managers in the league, especially Kevin Cash. How do you feel today? Because 
Thank you, Jessica. I don't like well, the move. I, I think he should have. I think he should have pulled him after Aranda. I don't know why he left him out there, Jim. I thought it was a bad move yeah, by was, Cora. Yeah, that, yeah, he, he's overrated, and like and, you know, he, there's a reason he got suspended. He was caught cheating, and he's admitted it. So, I, I to, did I deny that he cheated? Is, Has he denied that he no, cheated? No, no, I didn't say no. I'm saying they know he cheated, and he they the Red Sox ownership never should have brought the guy back because he he's an overrated manager. And, Jim, they were two wins away from the World Series last year. I mean, you think he was overrated yeah. then? Yeah, they're two wins. Yes, uh, yeah, I'm two wins away from being. Uh, Two inches away from me, at seven feet tall. I mean, he he stinks. But and, and now I want to get to how, I, how tall are you, Jim? Uh, six nine. Is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, actually, it is. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> You're a tall with you. guy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I used to play some uh, some ball in my day. But can I get to uh, uh, Bogats now? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, his. Uh, I, I would I would keep I would sign Devers for the. Uh, like whatever the contract is to pay, what's it, three eighty, four hundred million or whatever. I would get rid of Bogat. To me, he shouldn't even be on the off that team. His bat speed has slowed down. Uh, him and JD Martinez. I, I maybe I think they should at the deadline should they should try to trade both of those guys. Oh, that that'll go over well in the clubhouse, Jim. Well, well, yeah. I mean, Bogus, it's embarrassing that he's in the All Star game. It's fast. Why is that embarrassing? He's hitting like he's hitting over. I don't know why that's embarrassing to you. He's he, hitting over three hundred. Slap it up. Yeah, I agree he, with you, Jim. Team. I agree with you. He's not a three-four hitter anymore. He's he definitely not a clean. I agree with you on that part. But why do you think but, it's embarrassing that he's in the All Star game? Right. How many? What, who are the shortstops that should be in over him? Brian, do you think he should? Uh, do you think they should sign him for for that massive contract? Or no, do I, I don't think so, Jim. I don't think so. I, I, I don't think they I, should give him. I don't think they should sign him through his thirty-seven. I don't think he's not a good defensive exactly. player. He doesn't hit for power. Yeah. I agree with you on that, but I, I just I don't understand why it's embarrassing. He made the All Star team. That's no, it. he shouldn't. Like no, he, he definitely shouldn't make the All. He who, he who should make it over him, Jim? Who who, they, who should make it over him? Uh, I, I don't have all the names. But, oh, okay. Uh, all right. So just the guys, said, just the guys out there. His bat, hey, Brian, yeah. his bat speed he is, is slower than uh, Joe Biden walking down the stairs <laughs> off of Air Force One. <laughs> you know, I mean, his bat speed is gone. It's I don't gone. think the – Jim, his bat speed's not his problem. It's a power. He doesn't have any power. It's not his bat yeah, speed. He, I, no, I, 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 he had, I, I think he was a great player for the Red Sox, but – I would not give him that. I would not sign him. I'd sign Devers, and and I would not sign him. You know what I mean? Hey, Jim, do you think, you know, uh, Jim, before I let you go, do you think Biden's good at reading off a teleprompter? But, uh, Brian, Biden isn't good at anything. Uh, let me put you that way. <laughs> well, there's a reason we're, we're, we're in a mess right now, Brian. <laughs> All right, brother. All right, Jim, Take have care. a good night, man. Have, right, have a good night. Too. All right, pal. All right, bye. <laughs> Appreciate it. What a legend. Let's get uh, JC in Jamaica playing. What's up, JC? Hey, what's going on, Brian? What's up? Yeah, I'm calling. I if uh, if we offer up Dahlbeck and you know like Jaron Duran, are the Rockies gonna send Crone here? If the, if that's what it takes, I'd do that in a heartbeat. You may have to give somebody up younger to get a guy like CJ Crone. You know, they're probably not looking for a Dahlback or a Duran. They're looking for somebody, somebody between the tenth and the twentieth best prospect in the organization. I think would get it done. Crone's got an extra year, so I think that would cost you more than say, like hypothetically, a Josh Bell that only has one year remaining on his contract. I think JC part of the calculus has to be. And look, maybe it doesn't mean anything to Bloom, but if it was me, part of the thing that I would be thinking of, okay. 
Is Cassis going to be the everyday third ba- uh, first baseman rather in 2023? If the answer to that question is yes, then I would be more enthusiastic about Bell because it's on a one-year deal. If they're saying, hey, Cassis, he's going to need some more seasoning, well, then Chrome makes a lot of sense because, okay, now you have a first baseman for the next two years and you don't have to rush Cassis. So I'm in on either one of those guys. Either one of those guys, I would do it. I just wonder if Bloom's actually going to make the move that is obvious because you see it, JC. I see it. Cora sees it. Everybody knows he needs a first baseman. I just wonder if he's actually going to pull the damn trigger. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. And if Bloom doesn't sign Devers, I mean, I think it's going to be an uproar. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that, JC, and I'll tell you this. If Dahlbeck or Duran, either one of those guys, is moved into trade, I will volunteer to drive them to their next destination. I will do it. Duran is absolutely atrocious in the field. You know what Duran looks like when he plays center field? It's like if a cat got his whiskers cut off. No idea where he's going. I've never seen he's a guy. defensively, yeah. He's horrible. I've never seen a guy that athletic be that bad in the field. He has no idea where the ball's going. JC, appreciate the call, my friend. We all know Thank it. You have a good we night. all know it that they need to go get a first baseman. They need to get CJ Crone or they need to get Josh Bell. It should be something they've already been calling Washington and Colorado about. And Colorado makes a ton of sense because you need a reliever too. And Daniel Bard is right out there and he's been one of the best relief pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. I'd be calling those teams like crazy. Let's get to Joe in Worcester. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's up? What up, Joey? Joey! Joey Cronin. Joe Cronin, number four on the wall. That's my name. Swear to God. What up, Joey? That's my name. All right. So I got two numbers for you. All right. 23. 23, Louis Tian. Yeah, what about him? You want to bring him back? No, no, you, you didn't mention Louis Dan. And I got 21, Cliff Brandt, local Raiders. Joe, what the hell are you talking about? The numbers. We were talking about the numbers. What numbers, Joe, are you talking about? Joe, you're on the radio. Do you realize this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take all, man. <laughs> that guy is absolutely hammered. What the hell is he talking about? He just brings up out of nowhere Louis Tion. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Dude is freaking rot. It's a good name to bring up, Louis Tion. Yeah. Weren't we talking about numbers? No. Nobody was talking about numbers. Let's get to Andrew and Sudbury. Andrew, what's up, man? Hey, Brian. How's it going? I'm doing well. First I'm off, not Andrew, doing. Follow that call, I dare you. I'm not doing as well as Joe was. Joe was hammered. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I personally didn't have a problem with Cora's decision uh, to bring back Cutter. He appeared to have it after the one, two, three, six. However, uh, after the velocity dropped in the seventh, I think Cora definitely should have uh, brought in Schreiber, so he yep. wouldn't have been in the situation where he had uh, no outs and two runners on. Um, and yeah, I'm with you. Ninth, I would I would have taken him out after Aranda. After the fastball dipped under 94 twice, he was done. He was done at that particular point in time, and you could tell by the next two batters, too. Like, I would have gotten rid of him. Not gotten rid of him, taken him out of the game, I should say. Yeah, and um, in the ninth, I think Cora should have uh, tried to play a little small ball to try to bring in, the, uh, in that tying run. So you're saying bunt to Brit to push Verdugo over? Yeah. With Vasquez? Yeah, and then... I, I understand the point there, Andrew. The only thing I can think of, though, is think about who's coming up after that. It's Plowecki and then 
Dahlback and then Jeter Downs. So I think that Core looked at it and said, Vasquez is my best chance to drive in the run. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then my last thing here is uh, uh, regardless of injury, the Rays are still a really good team, but the lineup they were putting out was essentially a minor league lineup, and uh, getting swept was hopefully a wake-up call to Bloom to go out and get some of these uh, missing pieces to give Cora and uh, the guys that are free agents next year a uh, chance. Yeah, and you know what's scary about that, Andrew? I almost wonder if, and I'm with you, this should be a wake-up call to Bloom. I totally agree with everything you're saying, but I wonder if Bloom goes the opposite way, where he says, ah, you know, they lost four in a row to the Rays. We got lucky in some of these Yankees games. I'm not investing in this team at the deadline. That's my fear. Uh, I, I, I think that's unlikely. I just think there would be... A mutiny? Yep, 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 exactly. (laughs) All right, Andrew, I hope you're right, man. Good stuff tonight. I appreciate the call. Let's get to Alistair in Dorchester. What's up, Alistair? Hi. I'm watching this in fascination because I now watch two coaches get psychologically ruined by the events of the past. Now, he would have done what you said. After that first hitter in the seventh inning, there's no question in my mind. He would have absolutely done what you said in the past. He has been burned by his, his jive, uh, gutless bums so much. And he can't really do it with a feeling of uh, happiness. He wanted to push it and get as much out of a starter as he could. I, the same thing happened. I know this is, sounds off the thing, but... The same thing happened with the Celtics. One game when they were leading by 30, 35, and they were leading by 27 at the beginning of the third or fourth quarter. He took the starters out, and then he had to bring the starters back in around uh, five minutes. After that, he never let them rest again. He always had to start us in, and it were always, even Max was saying, why is he leaving them in? It's like uh, three minutes to go, and they've been up 20 so points. I'm talking yeah, about so when they were running away. You're he saying, give them a so chance to Alistair, rest they deserve for Alistair so, you're, so your point is that Core has been burned so many times by these guys in the bullpen that he wanted to try to get as much as he could out of Crawford. Exactly. He was hoping. Yeah, there may be some, there may be something to that, but the guy they brought in has been really good. Schreiber has been really good for them this season. So I understand your overwhelming point. He probably just wanted to use Schreiber. He said it. He just wanted to use Schreiber and Hulk in this game. So I understand that point. He's trying to squeeze as much juice out of that particular situation with Crawford. It, it's a fair point, and I know exactly what you're talking about with the Celtics. Ime did get short of uh, sort of shy rather about going to his bench and I can't really blame him for that I think that's why you go out and you get Brogdon and Gallinari right yeah but you know sometimes the bench improves a little bit if they keep doing I don't think they would have choked away 27 points the next night but he didn't give him a chance he never gave him a chance and they were running over everybody at that time yeah, that bench to me, though, I appreciate the call, Alistair. I don't want to get into a deep Celtics thing, but he lost faith in the bench, and I can totally understand why. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett, take it up until midnight. So if you want to weigh in on Cora's decision to leave Cutter Crawford in there in the seventh, that's on the table. And the big thing tonight as well, will Bloom actually go get a first baseman? You tell me next here on EEI. I hope the Red Sox, you know, Made sense about the decision that they had to make with him 
we got to keep Devitt around, man. Devitt is, is, is the face of that organization. That's it right now, and, 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 and nobody can argue that. All right, you got David Ortiz coming out publicly and saying, re-sign Rafael Devers. I hope ownership and I hope High and Bloom hears that because it's not easy to play in this city. And Rafael Devers has been a really good postseason performer. He's been a really good performer in general. You have got to keep that guy around. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Z in Westfield. What's up, Z? Hey, Brian. How you doing? Good, man. Um... Just want to start out giving me a quick followers real quick here. What? Um, I really enjoy your show. Oh, thank um, you. I really, I really love your takes. Um, the guy who called and said that Cora sucks is crazy. Um, <laughs> I agree. I love, I love Cora. Love Devers. Um, Hein Bloom. He gets me angry. He got me worried. I'm not really feeling his style. Um, it's like, it's the Red Sox, you know, like we should be like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the other Red Sox in the yep. 2000s that, with the big names and the Mannies and make the moves and bring in the guys and try to win every year, like being contention. So it's just, uh, you know, it's really crazy <clears throat> with that. And I just, um, I just like, as far as if they could make a move, I was wondering, um, like, who is out there for first baseman or relievers or whatever? Yeah, here are the guys. Z and I appreciate, I appreciate the call, my friend Z, and the kind words. There's a lot of relievers out there. David Robertson's on a one-year contract. Daniel Bard's out there. Scott Barlow's out there. First baseman, C.J. Crone, and Josh Bell. Those are the two guys. Let's get to Scott in San Francisco. Hey, Scott. Hey, what's going on, Brian? This is a very difficult time to be a fan of the Boston Red Sox. You're not kidding. So just a couple couple things. I just heard your intro coming in from the commercial. You know what the problem is? Time doesn't give a rat's you-know-what about what David Ortiz thinks. About I know. anything. You're and probably right on that, man. He's, he's not embedded in the culture. He's not from here. He's a Yale guy. It's all about the numbers. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a bad fit. We're only going to figure this out eventually when he gets canned in about two years. Guaranteed. But we got to deal with it. Well, so, Scott, I, I look at it this way. If he doesn't bring back Devers, I mean, he's going to – the ownership is going to lose the fan base. I mean, that's going to be absolutely horrific if he does that. If they lose Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, and Rafael Devers, well, what's the whole point? What's the point of drafting all these guys and developing all these guys and signing these guys if you're not going to reward them with contracts at the end? Like and the Devers thing is to, like how how has Devers never been approached until this spring training? That's a joke. It, it's disgraceful it, and it's inexcusable and it's just they're relying on the fact that we have such a rabid fan base and Fenway's so cool to go to and it's going to be filled. It it's disgraceful. To your point, all these draft picks, homegrown guys that are that young like Devers, if, if they let. They don't sign it. They don't get it done. It's it's inexcusable. But let me get on to a quick point, <clears throat> Bri. Yeah. I looked up C.J. Crone. He's been on five teams. Yeah. Okay, what Angels, two- Rays, Twins, uh, Detroit, and now the Rockies. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard your comment, and I get it. Duran, you know, you basically are saying to get some a reliever in first phase, you got to give up anything from a ten and beyond prospect. 
Duran is in our books. He's our fifth best prospect. Now I know he's played horrific outfield, but that's where he's rated in our in our lineup. You just kind of talked to one of the calls and said you'd give him up for Crone. Absolutely not. You should be able to. Well, get I don't Crone. like Duran. I don't. I don't think Duran's a good player. So I mean, maybe well, that's just a bias he thing. He's abs- he's atrocious he defensively, and he can't hit. But why is he ranked fifth then? Then was it a bunch of BS? What our rankings are? That's yeah, I, mean, I would say that's probably wrong. He's older than Rafi. But it doesn't matter. That's and when they rank it, he came up. This is his first full year. He's ranked fifth as our fifth best prospect in the organization. So you wouldn't move on from him? I, I would move on from him, but not for Mr. C.J. Crone, who's going to come in and, and swing from the, from his you-know-what. He's been with five teams. Why does everyone let him go well, if he's so good? Like, I would go with the first baseman from Washington. Josh Bell. You know he's, he's a free agent. See what he can do. I don't think this team's worth investing anything into this year. It's just kind of whatever. You know what I mean? Bring him in. Give a, a low-level prospect or two. And then he's Yeah, I, I, I would love the Bell deal too, Scott. I mean, I, I just feel like they need to get a real legitimate Major League first baseman because they don't have one. So I would take either one of those guys right now because the reality, and Scott, I appreciate the call tonight, man. We get a run. But I just look at it from the perspective, Dahlbeck's not an everyday first baseman. And Franchi Cordero's not an everyday first baseman. And that's clearly the biggest need on this team because neither one of those guys are good defensively at the position. And neither one of those guys is hitting right now. So my whole thing is you need a real legitimate first baseman, and Heimblum's got to go do it. Thanks to Joe for producing. I'm back with you for pregame and postgame tomorrow here on EEI.